Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Strange Talk with Doc. I am your host, Doc. And we're going to talk about, and I know you didn't ask me to, but I don't really care. We're going to talk about my life and how I've always considered myself a one-man army. Now, this is to be taken figuratively, not literally. I am not talking any Rambo shit. I'm not talking about one person who could take on the world. But one-man army mentality, being legally dangerous, love of guns, golf, drums, and podcasting, and how I do all these things on a solo basis because I have a set of rules and regulations that you can probably apply to your life also. But the first things first, you must be a no-gang person. These will not work if you, for you if you are a gang mentality person because I am talking a solo artist in all forms, shapes, and fashions who does not depend on others, who is self-reliant, disciplined. And I want to get into this because the gang mentality means that you could be in an army you can be a soldier, but you're not a one-man or one-person army. You rely on the help and handout and backing of others. There are some amongst us who do not need that. I am one of those people, and I trained myself over the years. So let's go into these aspects. You must be fully disciplined. You have to have rules and codes that you must abide by all times. They cannot be broken for anything of anybody at any point in any time. Your word must be your bond. You must live and die on your word. It's supposed to be as though God himself spoke when you speak. You can't ever arrive late to anything. Always be early. You don't have to make your presence known but you must arrive early. If it's something's due at eight o'clock, be there at 7.45. You don't, like I said, you don't have to make an announcement. Just be there. Always make people, you wait for them. They never wait for you. You must keep your plans to yourself. Show them your results. Don't tell them your plans. Show them your actions, your plans, your words, those are garbage. That's just air blowing out your mouth. You can't do that because people will come against your plans. You give them opportunities to put roadblocks. You put. You give them opportunities to put pitfalls. You give them opportunities to put negativity in your mind when you tell them your plans. Your results, like I said, is what count. Never ask what somebody is thinking of you. They will show you. Their actions will show you what they think of you. It will show you if they respect you, if they love you, if they fear you. So you don't have to act. You just have to be vigilant enough to look, see, listen, and learn. Me personally, I have never been a big fan of people. I have never, since I was a child, been a big fan of people. I love people. I keep people at a more than arm's length distance. I study people because I am a human also. You have to remember everything that you tell somebody because that's a part of holding your word. 
you have no bond if you can't even remember what you tell people what you said. So it's best to never be a liar. Don't give any more information than you need. It's easy to remember the truth. Don't ever wait for somebody to help you. Be self-reliant, like I said, and I'm going to continue to say, make sure that you have all the help that you need. Be self-efficient. Be a saver. Don't be a borrower. Make sure that you, you swirl things away, that you're smart about your money, that you're smart about your health, you're smart about your relationships. And this way, you never really have to be asking for help. You can actually be the help, but never be the person who needs the help. Your code must be strong. A man with no code is a not a man. As simple as that to me. You cannot allow yourself to show fear. Even in, when you're in circumstances where you're outnumbered, you're outgunned, you on you, the possibility of losing is great, but you can't give them the one thing that you own. That's your fear mechanism. Because once you start showing fear, you stop thinking. You stop thinking about how to react to situations. You stop thinking about how to get out of situations, how to you go to the point of you've already lost. Instead of saying, I have a possibility to win. See, fear is doubt. And doubt brings on loss. You have to stay humble. Remain humble at all times. Never become arrogant because you're winning. And never, never, ever become so full of yourself that you think that you're better than anybody else. That's when you will lose. That's when your enemy or your opponent can use whatever they have against you to beat you. You got to learn to look, listen. Look and listen is everything. That will show you everything that you need to know about every situation. I don't care if it's work, school, church, the dudes on the corner. They will show you their patterns if you take the time to listen and look. Learn to be selfie. Self is the ability to get in and out of situations, neighborhoods, Without anybody knowing that you're there, you've done come and you've done left, and nobody knows this. I practiced this as a child. 12, 13 years old, when I first used to start hanging out with other guys, I would be able to appear on the block and disappear off the block without anybody ever even knowing when I left and when I came because I didn't announce my presence and I didn't announce when I was leaving. I would even use tactics as I'm just going to the store. And before you know it, you haven't seen me for five days. You have to be able to get in and out of situations without being detected. And that means loud mouths, this won't work for you. Don't talk too much and never talk too soon. Don't really speak unless spoken to. Offer no information. Give new information, as little information to everybody in your life as humanly possible. Remain a mystery. Be mysterious at all times. It will work in your benefit. Uh, the person who tells you everything, every little secret, they are bound to lose. When they meet a person like me, they have already lost because I am gathering information on how that I can beat them. 
that's just who I am and what I am. That's the kind of snake that I am. I'm going to use what you give me as equipment and ammunition against you. I'm going to set your own grenades off on you. I don't need to use my grenades because you've given me the grenades. Never argue with any man. Once the conversation gets to the point of arguments, it is escalated to the point where no reason is being seen, no reason is being heard. It's just two people going at it. I refuse to argue with another human being. I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to state my case. I'm going to know my case. I'm going to know my facts before I speak on them. So there's no need to argue. You can accept them or you can reject them. That is a personal choice of the other party. And I really would not care less. You, like I said before, you got to be honest. You need to remember every story that you told to somebody because you might be called back on this again. And do you want to look like a liar? Do you want to look like a phony? Do you want to look like a fake? You've given them the ample opportunity to call you all those things when they could put holes in the stories that came out of your mouth. These were stories that you did not have to tell, but you gave them up so you should be at least able to remember them. Stay out of other people's lanes. You must stay out of lanes that do not belong to you. I stepped into a lane once when I was about 15 years old, and that cost me dearly. It cost me and changed the course of my life. Somebody opened fire on me and shot at me five times. Luckily, I was not hit by any of those bullets. I don't know if it was the grace of God. It wasn't my time. What it was, this person was only five feet away from me, but I was out of pocket. I never blamed that person. I actually thanked that person because that person saved my life. That person who opened fire, who couldn't shoot like shit, but they changed my life and saved my life. It, I had been told before but I didn't heed the warning. Stay in your lane, my friend. Stay in your lane. This is not what you do. Don't do it. Shooters are shooters. Thieves are thieves. Hustlers are hustlers. Dope dealers are dope dealers. Guys who are nine to fivers are nine to fivers. They're not lames. They're nine to fucking fivers. They take care of their family. They do what they're supposed to do. And this was the one time I decided I was going to be something that I wasn't. And I almost paid for it in my life. So stay in the lane that you are fit to be in. Don't lie. Ask a lot of questions of people. Don't be nosy. Nosy is not good. If a person is not there, don't speak of them. If a person is not there, don't ask about them. If you're not really in their life, leave them alone. You will have a lot less difficulties in life if you learn to not ask so many questions because you might not really want the answer if you're dealing with an honest person to the question that you ask. You can't trust anybody. Soldiers cannot trust anybody who's not in the foxhole with them. And then even the person that's in the foxhole with them, can you measure their heart? Can you measure their fear? Can you measure their dedication? Can you measure that they won't self-preserve over protecting you? So don't trust anybody. Don't, and I mean, when I mean anybody, don't trust anybody. I've never trusted anybody. I can't call anybody my friend because with me, friendship 
means that I trust you and I trust you with my life and I don't trust anybody but myself with my life and my higher power. Know your limitations. There are things you can do, things that you can do. But if you can defy your limitations, then please proceed to do so. But do so with caution because it is a limitation. Now, when you come to the point in time in your life where there is no way out of this army soldier becoming a physical being, be utterly vicious, be savage, show absolutely no mercy to your opponent. If it's verbally, physically, financially, wreck them, destroy them where there is no coming back. I did not say murder them, but destroy them. Uh, to me, there's no such thing as a fair fight. You evil the plane, you level the playing field. Level the playing field. There's no, this is not schoolyard shit where somebody says, don't do that. No, fuck that. The eyes, the throat, the nose, it's all eligible. You do whatever you have to do to level the playing field so that you're not the one ending up in a hospital. And if somebody's trying to destroy you verbally, if you have used some of these tactics that I've told you about, you would have information that would also, you could use back against them that would shut them down. Uh, I'm from the neighborhood. I'm from the street. And we used to do this thing called ranking. Ranking is when you, you know, you sit on the corner and you talk about each other like dogs. Hopefully, so that people would laugh. I was always amongst the most vicious if I ever got involved in it because I would always use real life scenarios of things that I seen. Maybe I seen your mother do something, your auntie. Nobody's off limits. As far as I'm concerned, you're not off limits. Once somebody's trying to hurt you, you do what you can to hurt them. Now, that's basically some of the codes and secrets that you need to know to learn how to become a one-man army. I Like I said, I didn't say anything about the Rambo shit. I didn't say anything about one man being able to take on a whole neighborhood. But if a dude is selfie enough, if he's smart enough, he has tactics, he has a code, he has honor, he can come and go and be undetected. He can take care of himself in situations even when violence may occur. Now, guns. The second thing I want to talk about First of all, you must have a bug out bag. If you do not know what a bug out bag is, you're already out of pocket. You need to study, and I'm not going to go into what the fuck a bug out bag is, but go and look this up. It's very important. If you consider yourself a gun person, if you consider yourself a survivalist, you already have one. You got to know the five pillars of engagement that pertain to self-defense. You can't just own a weapon unless you're an illegal and not know and understand the five pillars of self-defense, which is innocence, eminence, avoidance, reasonability, and proportionality. You must know what the castle do doctrine is. You must know home vehicle and legally occupied places. What that entails you must know your stand your ground laws or line in the sand or no duty to, to retreat laws you have to know these each jurisdiction might have different laws you must know this concealed carry 
reciprocity laws in your state or state that you're traveling in. Reasonability factors into the use of deadly force for self-defense, and that's important. You have to practice, practice, practice cleaning, field stripping your weapons. You must know how to field strip your weapon. You must be able to practice in uh, self-defense areas. You need to be able to practice limp wrist shooting. You need to be able to practice. Hopefully, you have a gun that you can dry fire. Uh, you need to go to the range. Um, too many people out there own guns illegally. And, and because they're illegal, they don't get to do these training methods. They don't get to, to study with others. I've studied and shot with U.S. Navy SEALs. I have studied and shot with Special Forces people. I've studied and shot left-handed, right-handed. I've studied and shot how to actually chamber a weapon if your hand is being shot or you only have the ability to use one hat. Uh, close quarters shooting, far distance shooting. And another thing, when it comes to guns and being a one-man army, I cannot put this out. You should learn some form of physical activity as far as self-defense. I'm an ex-boxer. I was very good with my hands it's because a lot of these guys, they go to prison. They never fought. They only stabbed and shot, so they really have no ability to protect themselves without a weapon. You must be able to fight. No soldier cannot fight outside of a phone booth. You must be able to, if you're a true soldier, you must be able to fight and defend yourself inside a phone booth, which means a jail cell, a car. I mean, there are ways, shapes, and forms to use your body, your fist, your mind, your, your abilities to protect yourself. And it's a must. This is not a optional thing. You must be able to defend yourself from physical attack. Now, unfortunately, in my lifetime, I've been stabbed four different occasions because I didn't apply some of these rules. These all happened before I made this my bread and butter. Uh, none of them were life-threatening. None of them were disfigurements, but it happened. I put myself to sleep. And it allowed another person to take advantage of the situation. <coughs> Excuse me. And taking advantage of the situation led to me getting stitches. And I tell you, it's no fun being stabbed. But I have no fear of being stabbed again. I have no fear of death. I have not had a fear of death since that incident when that man took five bullet shots at me. Uh, that ability to fear death left me that day. Uh, it helped me to get around. It helped me to understand that I am not in control of situations. Some situations I am control of, but I'm not even in control of the day I die. And I found that out that very day because I should not be talking to you. You should not be hearing my voice. I should not have even made it these 40 years later because I was right there. I mean, I could see the flash of the muzzle. He was no more than five feet away. How this dude missed me five times to today, I still do not understand. You got to learn these laws, man. You got to learn these laws of self-defense and deadly force. You can't just carry a pistol. You passed the class. You did this. You did that. But you don't know 
when you can and you cannot. If a person says, I'm coming back for you, you can't shoot them then. You can't shoot a person who slapped you because the proportionality is not equal. It has to be equal. It has to be deadly force for deadly force. And these are things that you should know. Now, golf. How does golf fit into guns? How does golf fit into being a one-man army? Well, as a black man from Brooklyn, I spent a lot of time. I fell in love with golf. It became a singular activity. It became something that I learned. It was a game of intelligence. It was a game to be quiet, listen, look, learn, figure things out, angles, shapes, shots. It had rules. I learned that I must always be honest. Even if I'm playing by myself, my score is my score, and I'm being honest about it. I have etiquette. It makes me want to look good. I never allow anybody to touch my bag, just like I would never allow anybody to touch my weapons. Uh, I learned to play golf basically at Brooklyn Golf Club in New York and Chelsea Piers. I would go there to the driving ranges. And if you're in New York or the surrounding areas and you've never been, please go. It's good places to, to learn, practice. And to me, it's peace. It's peace of mind. When I pick up a golf club and I have a little white ball and it's on the tee or it's on the grass, it gives me a sense of peace. It gives me a sense of relaxation. It gives me a sense of, it takes me out of my space and puts me into a different space. I've learned this game. I've been playing this game 30 some odd years. Like I said, I don't need anybody there but myself to realize that I never have to cheat. I'm not kicking the ball back into the fairway because how do I learn to improve if I don't follow the rules? I'm big on rules. I'm big on regulations. I'm big on honesty, integrity, and etiquette in all shapes, forms, and fashions. Now, I picked up the drums in junior high school. The first thing that I ever played in the percussion family was the double ten, a steel drum double tenor. I'm an American kid, but I learned the steel drums double tenor. Then as life went on, I was watching MTV and I seen this gentleman named Phil Collins playing the drums. And I said, you know what? I want to do that. And me being the personality that I am, I decided that not only did I want to play the drums, I want to be able to play almost all forms of the drums. So I already had the steel drums, the bongos I learned, the congos, congas, timbales, and I said, even the xylophone. I wanted to know it all. So I studied, I practiced, I go to the studio, no band, no group. Because I don't believe in groups. I don't believe in gangs. I don't believe. I think that this is my time to exhibit my freedom, my artistic talent that I may or may not have in somebody else's eye, but I do it. And so instead of getting with other people, I study at the feet of the Phil Collins, the Chester Thompsons, the Dave Grohl's, the Buddy Rich, the Charlie Watts, the Ringo Stars, Stuart Copeland. Gene Kripa, Neil Peart, Ginger Baker, Keith Moon, John Bonham, Chick Webb, Kenny Clark, 
Tony Williams and Earl Hudson. This is what I did. I brought their music. I studied their music. I did not want to copy their style, but I wanted to learn something different from each and every person that I respected or heard that I thought was a good drummer. So then this brings me to podcasting, which I used to do with a group of people. I had a partner I podcast with. And for a long time, we podcast together. And for whatever reason, never had a fight or an argument with anybody. See, that's the thing. I have people in my life who are no longer in my life, but they're not in my life because we fought. It's not in my life. They're not in my life because we stole or betrayed. Things in my life just run out. They run out organically, and I am fine with that. And the people who I am with on the other side seem to be fine because they never hold any grudges. We don't hold grudges against each other. Sometimes things just play out because they're there for that moment in time in life only. So back to this podcasting. So in this podcasting, like I said, sometimes I have four or five people. If you listen to some of my old shows, sometimes there were four or five, six people joining in on the conversation, depending on what they were. But I figured out that nobody was going to have the dedication to plan, execute, come up with ideas, uh, the energy, the effort, the study, the lack of fear of being ridiculed for what I say. And then I figured out, you know what? It's not their thing. So why would they go out of their way to continue to help me to do what I want to do when it's not their thing? So you can't hold that against anybody. If it's not their thing, and if they loan any support, that's more support than you could ever ask for. If somebody doing something that's really not of them, they're lending their love to you in a way. So I go out my own. I execute on my own. I come up with my own original ideas, my own truths. I went out and brought my own equipment, got my own lead-in music, got my own logo. These are things that I do. I don't need anybody to do it because I'm self-reliant. I'm self-sufficient. I live on that doctrine. It's, it's, it's gospel to me. It's gospel. If I say that I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. If it kills me to do it, I'm going to try my very best to do it. So as far as I'm concerned, I then spoke about being a one-man army, legally dangerous, golf, drums, and podcasting. And now it's time to move on to the regular show. And uh, I'm going to say some RIPs. Lucia Harris-Stewart. Uh, the first black American woman inducted in the NBA Hall of Fame, first black woman drafted by NBA team, a three-time college champion, uh, scored the very first point in the United States Olympics for a woman, died at the age of 66. Uh, former Vogue fashion icon, Andre Leon Talley died at the age of 73. He used to be also a judge in America's Top Models for four seasons. I didn't watch that show, so I'm not sitting there trying to bullshit you about that. Gaspar Yuli, a French actor who's going to be in an upcoming Marvel film called Moon Knight, 
He died at the age of 37 after being in a ski accident. Meatloaf, you know Meatloaf, bad out of hell, I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that. He was also in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. He also sung Paradise by the Dashboard Light. He died at the age of 74. I believe it was from COVID. This fucking idiot would not get himself vaccinated. Louis Anderson died at the age of 68. You know Louis Anderson. He was the fat, funny, lovable comedian. He died at 68. Dan Wilson, he was one of those surf rock pioneers. He sung for a group called the, oh, what the hell is their name? They're not the Vultures, but the Venues or something like that. He's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He also sung, they were created the song Hawaii Five O, the theme for Hawaii Five O, amongst other songs. Like I said, he was put in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2008. So you could look up his music. Just look up Dan Wilson. He died at the age of 88. And this Terry Mugler, a fashion icon, another fashion icon, died at the age of 73. The House of Mugler. So COVID is up to 67 million cases and 874,000 plus people have died. Supposedly we up to 527 million vaccinated. Worldwide, we up to 329 million cases. 5.6 million people have died. Omicron variant is out of control, uh, but they're coming up with these things that maybe mid-February will peak. Let's see. I mean, we need our world back, right? Workers have been calling out sick in record numbers. This is causing a a labor shortage, which is causing the markets. I don't know about where you are. You can holler at me if you want to. But the market's becoming bare again. Uh, The supply chain is in bad shape. Now, Biden administration last week decided they were going to give out 400 million of those N95 masks, and they're supposed to be free at locations around the country. I think they were shipped out last week, so they might be in your pharmacy if you need them now. I'll probably, I'm going over to CVS in a day or two. When I'm there, I'm going to see if they have, and I'll, if they do, I'll talk about it next week. And if they have them, I will grab them. So the Supreme Court ruled eight to one to allow the committee, the January 6th committee, access to Trump's White House documents. Let's see what these documents hold. It will be very interesting to see what these documents contain, if anything. But you know what? They have not released them as of yet, so I'm not going to speculate what they're going to be about. I'd rather hear the information firsthand and then go from there. So this fucking Mitch McConnell comes out this week and says that black people vote just as much as Americans. I don't know if Mitch McConnell is aware or not or doesn't give a fuck or is just being deadly honest. And see, honesty is all right because it lets you know who a person truly, truly, truly is. And I respect when a person, not a Freudian slip like he did, but if he was to come straight out and say what he really meant, I would have some respect for him. In this situation, it was a Floridian slip, so there's no need for me to give him any respect. But black people are full Americans. Black Americans are full-fledged Americans, not 
quarter of American, not a half of American, not two thirds of American. Black Americans are 100% Americans and just as much as Asians, white, Jewish, Hispanic Americans. So I watched a little bit of TV this week, not a ton of TV. Uh, This Is Us was very interesting. And I have a question, This Is Us. Where's little Annie, the third daughter? We have not seen her as of yet. I hope this is not one of those situations where she went upstairs like on... uh, what was that show with Urkel? And never returned. The show dealt with this week, Toby and Keith and Deja. Deja telling Randall she's going to have a problem following his rules and regulations about going to see her boyfriend in college. I thought that was something else. Toby and Kate are having problems. I got into this mini series called The Bible. Uh, I studied the Bible. And so I find the miniseries to be interesting. They keep it shotgun style, very fast paced. They don't stick with any storyline too long. They move on, move on, move on. So it's fast paced. It's definitely not boring. If you want to learn some insight to some stories and people in the Bible, I highly recommend it. I also watched The King of Cool, which was about Dean Martin. It was a very interesting uh, documentary. I see that me and Dean had a lot of things in common, especially about his privacy and how he likes to keep things close to the vest. And by the way, you know, I forgot this one in the army of one. You never say anything to anybody that you can't say in a room full of everybody. Meaning if it is so secret, you never tell it because that it involves trust. And once I said, and I'll say again, trust is not an option. Trust will make you lose your life. You cannot trust people. The law and order, the stable and Wheatley thing has got to come to an end. I mean, it really, really got to come to an end. SNL was fantastic. Will Forte returned to host for the first time. He had his music guest, uh, Manskin. The music guests were good. They seemed interesting. Uh, the show was hilarious. Uh, Kristen Weigel and Will Forte did this skit where they were singing a national anthem to the NFL. It was their own song. It was the worst song in history, but it was hilarious because they sung it with such dedication. I don't know how they didn't break character. So I give SNL a big, huge thumbs up this week. This weekend, we also had UFC 270, which was Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Gaon, Brandon Moreno versus Davison Figueredo, and it was an outstanding card, an outstanding card. It was a very good card. I appreciate the card. Uh, I thought... uh, Francis put on a show. Uh, Francis was disrespected by Dana White, but that's to be expected. I clearly and fully believe that Dana White is a full-fledged racist. He wouldn't put the belt around Francis' waist. He has done things like this before. Tyron Woodley, he treated with disdain. Uh, I don't understand why uh, there's money issues between him and his big stars. They should be treated like any other professional athlete. They should be, you know, 
just treat it highly. Next week, we have another card coming up. So the UFC is back in full swing. Now, this Grayson Allen, who plays for the Milwaukee Bucks, he goes out there and pushes this Alex Caruso down savagely, causing Caruso to break his wrist. I mean, and the wicked smile that Grayson Allen had on his face, the smirk, uh, says a lot about his character. It was dirty. The man's in the air. You know, Grayson has to realize he flies through the air, too. And suppose somebody wants to retaliate and do that to him. Not to say that it's fair, but that is real life. We have to be honest about that. That's real life. Grayson Allen needs to get his shit together. He's been in bad shape mentally since he's been at Duke doing dirty shit. You could just look up his history if you care to. Uh, I care to not really remember Grayson, even though he's a dookie, you know, and there's a kismet there. But I think that he's dirty. I think that he was dirty in college, and that's just the deal. Poor Jock Stockton has lost his fucking mind. He says stupid shit. He shows up to the game. They have a mass requirement. He basically tells them in his own nice guy way, fuck yourself, I'm not wearing a mask. So they ban him. And then he claims that, I don't know, what kind of conspiracy theory bullshit he's in. He claims that 150 or 100 plus athletes have dropped dead on the court around the world due to the vaccination. And he has nothing to back this up. He makes himself look like an idiot. He was trending yesterday, which brings Carl Malone's pedophilia back up. I mean, John Stockton needs to crawl back into whatever hole that he was in. Now, the NBA. I'm only going to give you the games that I consider to be the outstanding games of the week. Tonight, we got the Jazz versus the Suns. Tuesday, you got the Lakers versus the Nets. There's no KD because, it's in, I mean, KD's hurt. There's no Kyrie because the game is in Brooklyn. Maybe AD will be back. There's no guarantees. Also, you got the Mavs versus Golden State. Wednesday, you got the Suns versus the Jazz. Thursday, you got the Lakers versus the 76ers. Friday, you got the Jazz versus John Moran and the Grizzlies. The Knicks are playing the Bucks. Saturday, you got the Nets versus Golden State. And Sunday, you got the Nuggets versus the Bucks. Now, let's talk about some NFL and get out of here. Saturday, Cincinnati Bengals beat the Tennessee Titans, who were the number one team. 1916, Evan McPherson kicked a 52-yard field goal as time expired. Now, Joe Barrow was sacked nine times, but he still finished that game 28 for 37 for 348 yards. Ryan Tannehill made mistakes and errors at bad times once again. I thought that Tennessee was going to actually, not, not that I'm rooting for them. I thought that they were going to win this game. That defense was all over Barrow, but Barrow been, but he did not break. Uh, he hit Chase with a big pass uh, in the fourth quarter as time was winding down to set up this field goal. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals' future is bright. They got wide receivers everywhere. They got a good running back in Mixon, and they have their quarterback of the future. Uh, congratulations to Cincinnati. I mean, they won two playoff games now when it was like almost 31 years to win one. 
But Ryan Tannehill is definitely not the answer for Tennessee, and they have to look elsewhere to bring somebody in who could help that team and Henry and that defense and Vrabel go further. The San Francisco 49ers, who were the number six team, beat the number one Green Bay Packers in Green Bay 13 to 10. Robbie Gold hit the game-winning field goal. I mean, special teams for the Green Bay Packers is horrible. They had a punt block that was returned for a TD. They had an extra point missed and blocked. Aaron Rodgers can't talk any shit. He let them on opening drive touchdown, and then after that, for three quarters, proceeded to only lead his team to three points. They had home field advantage. This is the fourth year in a row that they have won 13-plus games, and they don't have a Super Bowl to show for it. This year, they don't even have an NFC Championship game to show for it. Now, yesterday, we had the number four Rams go into Tampa and beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 30-22. to Another game decided by a field goal late. Brady was out of this. It did not look like Tampa was going to be competitive. But Brady, being Brady, led them back. But the Rams, with that damn Cooper Cup, got down in field goal range. And uh, Matthew Stafford actually came through. What they brought him to L.A. to do, he did yesterday. So I have to tip my hat to him. Now, the Buffalo Bills went into Kansas City, and this was a bond burner of a game. They lost to the Chiefs, 42-36 in OT. 25 points were scored in the last two minutes of regulation. It was crazy. Mahomes to Hill, that play was outstanding. You had this young man, Davis, go absolutely crazy. He caught a touchdown from Josh Allen, and I feel so horrible for Josh Allen. Josh Allen threw nine TDs with zero interceptions in two games in the playoffs and did not make the conference championship. This is not on Josh Allen. Every time Casey would take the lead, he would lead them back to take retake the lead. But unfortunately, in overtime, when they hit Cat, Travis Kelsey, there is no chance to tie or move further. This is sudden death. Whoever scores the first touchdown or safety wins the game, and that's the way it goes. So he never got the ball back. So next week in the division championships, NFC, you've got the 49ers versus the Rams. And in the AFC, you've got the Bengals versus the Chiefs. I am hoping that the 49ers and the Bengals meet in the Super Bowl. I can't guarantee you that. I got to figure out who's healthy, who's not healthy. I'm just hoping for the 49ers versus the Bengals, something fresh, something new. We just seen the Chiefs in back-to-back Super Bowls. We just seen the Rams in the Super Bowl. What? Didn't they just lose to the Chiefs two, three years ago? No, that was the Patriots. But the Rams was just in the Super Bowl not too long ago with Jeff, Jared Goff. So... I want to pass on that, but either way, I'll be looking. Now, next week's show is going to deal with no one should be impressed with how much time you can serve or have served, meaning I ain't talking about time served, uh, you know, waiting in line. I'm talking about time served in the penitentiary, 
time served in prison. Why is that such a big deal that people are super impressed about how much time other people have served in the penitentiary? And I'm going to talk about that. Once again, you can be a one-person army. You can be legally dangerous. Know the rules, the regulations, the pitfalls, legally, financially. Golf is for everybody. Drums, podcasting. You can podcast if you have original thoughts and ideas in your mind. I'm going to tell you like I tell you each and every time, people. You can like, share, subscribe if that's something that you would like to do organically. I am not pressuring you. There's no obligation to do it. I appreciate you if you do. But I'm here every Monday if you like to join in. Just go to my website. Holler me out. Hit me with an email. When you hit me with that email, I will respond back to you and set up a time that's convenient for both of us. It's not an obligation that anybody ever sit in and talk to me. I'm more than happy doing this as a one-man type thing because it's my thing and i'm not asking you to uh, do anything out of your way to help me uh you listening in to this complete and utter stranger is more than i could ever ask and i will never ask any more of that okay so peace to you people in 